Well, this has been a wonderful night already as we have sensed the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Bible is clear that the church will experience one of the, the greatest revivals just before the return of Jesus Christ. It is going to be massive. It is going to be worldwide. And the Bible says that the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth as the water covers the earth. We're going to see a massive move of God in our city. We're going to see hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ. We're going to see signs and wonders and miracles. And we're going to see the fulfillment of Acts chapter 2, verse 17, the same as Pentecost, when he said, I will, I will, say it, I will. God says, I will. Not, I'm not sure about it. Maybe it may happen if the weather's okay or Disney is okay. He said, I will, say it, I will. I will, not us, not church in the sun. He says that God is going to pour out his spirit, and it will not be on animals. It will be on us. It will be on every person across the land. We have never seen anything like is going to happen, and it's going to be fostered by a move of the Holy Spirit where every service is so power-packed it is so anointed that you can't wait to see what God is going to do. You're on the edge of your seat because you're a part of what God is going to do. Now, the Bible says that our sons and our daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Stanley Horton, this Pentecostal uh, theologian says there's no distinction between vision and dream that they are both the same and used interchangeably and it is about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit so that we begin to see things that we do not see with our eyes we have not experienced them in the past and he is doing a new thing it's not a retread Something we are repeating. He is not repeating. He is a new, he's always doing something new in us. And the Bible says that a big part of this move will be prophecy. Say the word prophecy. prophecy. Now, this will not happen by the, the present generation or the generation coming. This move of God will be multi-generational. It will be everyone in the church fired up on message and moving in the power of the Holy Spirit and prophesying. Hallelujah. Prophecy. Say that word, prophecy. Hallelujah. Say it again. That means that there will be a revival of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit will not be inaugurated. They were inaugurated at Pentecost. The church began at Pentecost. 
It didn't begin in the Old Testament. The New Testament church began at Pentecost. It didn't begin with a formal meeting. It began with a, a firestorm. And what, what started to ripple then happened in one of the books of the Bible called Acts. Many call it the Acts of the Apostles. That's wrong. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit that moved. So if we want to find out what the future is, we have to go back to what happened when Jesus established a church that was moving, renewed, on fire, and had viably the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Tonight, I want to talk about prophecy. Say that word, prophecy. prophecy. Say it a little louder like you can. Prophecy. 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 Thank you, I will. <laughs> now, I want to make an announcement tonight. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not obsolete. Some believe uh, that everything ended, that when the last prophet died and they went to the burial, that that was the end of miracles and signs and wonders. That is a myth. It is not the truth. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not obsolete. They are for today in Orlando, in Church in the Sun, in every city of the world, and they are specifically given to believers who are spirit-filled. Now, I want to ask you to take some notes tonight uh, so we all learn something about what God is doing. So uh, open your smartphone. I think I'm the only one that has this kind of, my only, only one, two. Thank you, there's two of us. Three, four, five. It makes me feel really great. I'd like you to open uh, up to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and begin with verse number 1. The Apostle Paul is writing here, and he says, pursue love. Follow the way of love. Now, preceding this is a whole uh, outline of love, because if you don't have love, you have no spirituality at all. So he says, before we travel down the road to the power level, I just want to go back for review and say to you, time out, follow the way of love. Don't accelerate and ascend in the power before you understand that spirituality doesn't begin there. Spirituality begins in the way and following the way of love. Amen. Good job, Alex. And earnestly, not casually, not whenever, not think about it, but earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. 
especially that you may prophesy. And then in verse 2, he makes this contrast regarding prophecy and speaking a spiritual language. We call it speaking in tongues. The word is glossolalia, or your prayer language. And he contrasts prophecy, and he says, for one speaks in a tongue, <clears throat> glossolalia, that person speaks not to men but to God, so it's prayer he's referring to. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. We pray the will of God. So when we're praying in the Spirit, we are praying not to people or speaking to people. Because nobody knows what you're saying. We speak mysteries. But when we speak... Glossolalia, our spiritual language has power. Here he's not diminishing the value of it. He's clarifying and contrasting what he's going to talk about in prophecy. And as a side note, we need to pray in the Spirit more. Thank you. We need to pray more in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Get in the car. Turn off the music. Turn turn. Turn the news off, the bad news. I haven't heard any good news on the radio or TV. Turn it off, your computer, and begin to pray in the Spirit. Because when we pray in the Spirit, it's self-edification. We're building ourselves up. And how many know we need to be refired, recharged, and rebuilt, rekindled when we pray in the Spirit because we have so many things coming at us. Praise God. So he says, when you're praying in glossolalia, it's self-edification. It's about you. It's not about anybody else. It's you praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. We live in, up in Lake Mary, and since it takes a day to get down here, I decided this morning I was going to be joyful, and I have a little plan there that I go from here to a certain point, and I try and I, I pray softly in, in the spirit, in the quietness of the car. It helps me keep my salvation, helps me keep my joy, and I pray that, anyway, that others are praying in the spirit on the interstate. Uh, but we should pray in the Spirit. If, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you ought to pray not only in Russian, there's Russians up here, but it's, you should pray in the Spirit. Amen. Then he says, on, on the other hand, the other side, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and cons consolation. So the gifts of the Spirit are for their ministry to believers and unbelievers, primarily. 
So when we operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I begin to think beyond myself, and I begin to think I'm now going to be in the ministry. And by the way, everyone is in the ministry. This happens to be my vocation, but you're in the ministry. Everyone is in the ministry. Just say, I'm in the ministry. Everybody's in the ministry. Not the guys uh, or girls up on the stage. Well, they're in the ministry. No, you're in the ministry. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not to be studied only. They're not just to be known in our minds and our thoughts. And they're not primarily for us. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are our gifts. They are to empower us to be able to be more dynamically empowered to see God work miraculously. To see signs and wonders, visions and dreams, the supernatural realm is what we're talking about tonight. Beyond the natural, beyond our reasoning, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit working inside of us. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy is the Holy Spirit revealing something to us that we do not know for someone, and it's supernatural. So, it's not like preparing a sermon. You study, you pray, and hopefully, when you get up, you know what you're going to say. Prophecy is not something you study or learn. It's something that is on the heart of God that the Holy Spirit gives to us and then we speak it to a person. And more and more, what Irina and others on our team and Rick and this revolutionary group that goes out, they are using the gifts a prophecy, word of knowledge for unbelievers. Because you need power and insight to say what needs to be said, but you don't know what to say. Hallelujah. 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 So when we prophesy, we are doing three things to this person. We're not judging them of their religion or non-religion. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy here, edification, you can look on the screen here, is to build up. Exhortation means to call up or encourage, or consolation means to cheer up. That's another translation of what is given there in 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 3. So we're edifying. 
we're encouraging. How many know we need to be encouraged? We need to be lifted up. I wrote down a few things that describe our counterculture. Tear down, discourage, devalue, destroy, marginalize, and dissipate. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are a fresh breath from heaven where with a smile on your face, you can look at someone and have a word from God for them that actually makes them cheer up, be built up, and get higher, get high in the spirit. And it's no charge. So we get high. Every person needs to get high. We need to get high. Where we're, we're lifted up in our day, our circumstance, our situation. Somehow a word at the exact right time lifts us up. It does something to us. As I was here today thinking about this, I remembered a story that I read a couple years ago that Bill Johnson told. He had been out to a John Wimber. It's a book where he's talking about his history. He's the pastor of the great church out in California and a great move of God out there. And we went out a couple years ago and uh, at Bethel. And God is just doing great things. And he was moving into... Uh, kind of a new era in the spirit, and he had gone to, some of you probably don't know John Wimber, but uh, many years ago, God raised up John Wimber, and he moved in miraculous, in miracles and signs and wonders, and so he had come back from a conference, and he was pretty fired up about actually moving in these gifts of healing, of miracles, and and so he didn't know how that was going to happen. And one, one day he went into a store where he normally went, and the store was crowded, and he happened to talk to the owner, Dave. And in the conversation, the owner, Dave, said, you know, I'm going to retire. I'm closing the store. And Bill said, well, why is that? He said, I have arthritis so bad I, I can't even lift things. And so Bill looked around, the place was crowded, and he left. And the Holy Spirit kind of directed him and kind of gave him a word or prophecy and that he had this courage and this confidence God was going to heal Dave. So the next day, he gets in his car and he drives down to the same store. There's no one in the store. And he went over to the owner and he said, hey, started to talk and Dave started to talk about his condition again. And he said, you know, and sometimes you have to put things that are spiritual in everyday language. I may know that, so people don't think you're crazy. So... <laughs> So anyway, he uh, 
said, uh, think the Lord. I, I just felt an impression uh, yesterday that, that God is going to heal you. And this was kind of new to him, and he didn't know what to do. And so he said, um, well, uh, you have a chair somewhere? And so he sits down in the chair, and Bill said, I, I wasn't sure what to do. I'm in a public store here. And, and he said, well, I, I just put my hands on his, uh, his elbows and his hands, and he said, I rebuke this arthritis in the name of Jesus. That was one prayer. And he said he was miraculously, instantaneously, 100% healed of his arthritis. And I thought, I wonder if that same thing could happen tonight, that as that miracle was told that you're there, be interesting if you leave tonight and your arthritis is gone in the name of Jesus, and I speak it, because I'm believing Wednesday night services are not normal. Normalcy is not a, a name that goes with this meeting. That it's so unusual, you've got to get here early, somewhere through that traffic out there, but somehow that we come here sitting on the edge of our seats, knowing that Jesus is here, and we've been praising the Lord, and the presence of God is overwhelming, and that we can't leave the same way we came. I don't, I don't want to leave here tonight the way I came. That we, there's a, there's a, a power movement that's underway with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I, I think he's saying to us, hey, dude, hey, why don't you eagerly, earnestly, why don't you desire, why don't you desire prophecy? In a few minutes, we're going we're gonna to join here in small groups, three or four, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm believing that we're going to get reports and people will be running up here, and I got healed of this, and this happened, and uh, I feel tonight also depression is on the move. It's over people. I was early in the... Uh, I come in early on Wednesday into the gym. That's where I preach regularly. And uh, I come in early. And when I came in this morning, there's a lawyer there who I see most Wednesday mornings. And he's Jewish, and he's an atheist. And we get in discussion every week, and I declare Jesus over him. And, and today I was on a run on... Jesus and what philosophers say and what Jesus says and you have a spirit and and if you don't have Jesus you can't fight the enemy and and now you can speak to the enemy in the name of Jesus and he kind of laughed he said I don't know why the devil's always talking to me and the Lord never does talk and I said well that's going to change amen then I went into the cold plunge 
as you know, the first couple minutes, you're just trying to live. You know you're about to die. It's 48 degrees, and I had my music on again, and there were so many in. There were four guys in there, and I'm there like this, and this guy's like a foot away, and I didn't want to talk to anybody because I'm praying that I'm going to live. And uh, Jim keeps talking, and I almost had a we almost had a deliverance, and he's talking to me. I'm depressed, and and next time I get in there, I'm in the name of Jesus, and he'll fall out in the in the cold plunge, and it'll be reported in the paper. <laughs> but man, we need to be alive on the street in the name of Jesus, wherever we are, and see the miracles of God. You know, I think this, how is it that each of us can be more sensitive to what God is doing? And uh, the word came to me spiritually alert. And really, when I came in, I was in a rush. And yet the Lord said, just cool it. Uh, I wanted you to talk. I had those two talks. And the Lord helped me to be spiritually alert when I didn't want to be. Sometimes we're such in a rush, it's almost like, I don't have time for that. And God says, you have time for it, and you get into it, and let me use you powerfully. Amen? Amen. So we have to be more spiritually alert to what the Lord is doing, and keep asking the Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What are you saying? Like Irina mentioned today, a few minutes ago, what are you saying? What, what is it somebody has an ailment and you have the word of, word of knowledge or you prophesy over them miraculously and God works and miracles happen and things are broken? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise, read it with me, do not quench the spirit, do not, dis verse 19 again, do not quench the spirit. That is hard, isn't it? You're quenching the spirit right now. Okay. Read it with me. Do not quench the spirit, do not, I didn't know it was going to be this hard tonight, go back to verse 19, everybody awake up there, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test I like what the Passion Bible says. It says, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. How do I restrain the Holy Spirit? He's trying to move, and I don't pick up the signal. So he's on go, and I'm confused because I have my mind on everything else. So 
I now, I restrain him. And often the believers, you and me, we restrain him because we're not sensitive enough to what he is doing. And he says, don't restrain. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't be one who scorns prophecies. But be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test. That word test is the same thing of putting metal in the fire. And it says, and afterward hold tightly to what has proven to be right, the Holy Scriptures. In other words, all of our prophecies must be tested and nothing can be out beyond what the Holy Scripture says. You test them. So he says, don't get out here coming up with crazy things that are non-biblical under the guise of prophecy. Because when you do that, you quench or you restrain the fire of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to restrain the Holy Spirit or put out the fire. How about you? I want to fire everything up so the Holy Spirit can do great things. He can change circumstances and situations because God wants to do more than we can ever imagine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone say praise the Lord. And I close with this saying this, it is our inheritance to prophesy. All of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are available to us. Let's earnestly desire them. We desire a lot of things in life. Some of us desire all kinds of food, and it's obvious. Some of us desire all kinds of cars, and that's good. However, let's move the desire for the gifts of the Holy Spirit a little higher and begin to think about them. And wherever we are, begin to say, Lord, do you want to say something I don't know? Do you want to speak into their life and give me a word from heaven that I can't study or know myself, but you know it, and you're going to use that word to change a person's life. In the name of Jesus. There's someone here tonight, and I don't know who you are, but like Jim in the cold plunge, you have plunged into depression. And I'm believing tonight as we meet in our small group for a couple minutes and we pray for each other, God is just going to allow the Holy Spirit to move in this place and that whatever we need, we are members one of another and we can speak into each other's lives. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand up for a moment. Everybody stand up for a moment and keep the lights up. And here's what we're going to do in a minute. Nobody leave now. We're going to, in a minute, we're going to turn a little bit like we did last week. If you're a guest, uh, it's, it's okay. These people are nice. Just tell them I'm a guest. 
uh, be nice to me. But we're going to turn in a minute, and when we turn, we're going to introduce. We're not going to go to prayer. We're going to meet, talk a little bit, introduce each other. Don't be quick to pray. Because relationships begin first, not prayer. And we're going to kind of talk for a few minutes. And then maybe you'll have a word for someone in that group. And maybe we can pray for each other and go around. If you're a guest, obviously you're a guest. Just be there and relax. And let's just see if miracles can happen in the next 10 minutes that no matter what we have and I also find this sometimes when I'm the lowest I'm the best at ministry because you give out of your own need and you pray anyway for someone else and whatever you sow you reap and you give out in your need and God meets your need amen so everybody stand up, everybody. I want everyone. Uh, tonight, there are some, they're like just one person like sitting by themselves or just two. So when we gather around in a minute, please don't just like form your groups. Everyone be checking out everybody and say, hey, come over here. Hey, somebody by themselves, somebody back here. Uh, remember, we're not an organization. We are a church family. And we are brought together through love. And so, let's do that. Just turn around to uh, two or three people. Introduce yourself. Don't, don't pray yet. And uh, not just your wife or husband. Don't leave anyone out. Don't leave anyone out. Look around. Look around.
Now let's all, let's all clap our hands and bless the Lord tonight. Let's bless the Lord. Come on, let's bless the Lord tonight for his goodness. Hallelujah. Just before we go, just before we go tonight, just before we go tonight, it is always our joy to see those that need to be forgiven of their sins to be forgiven. And maybe you're here and you say, hey, listen, pray for me. I need Jesus. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, Jesus is always extending his hand of grace, love, and mercy. And you can be forgiven. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the dead. He's alive. And he's able to take us that are spiritually dead and make us alive. So in just a moment, I'm going to just ask you to throw up a hand, say, pray for me. Maybe you've been away from the Lord for a while. Hey, it's not too late to come back. Uh, on this Wednesday night, last Wednesday in this month of September, you can come back. You just come back and slide right into home base on grace. And the Lord will shake your hand and say, well, you're home. Your life will be changed. You'll be transformed. If you're here tonight, you really need to be forgiven. Say, pray for me. Throw up a hand. Say, that's me. Throw it up wherever you are. Throw it up. Throw it up wherever you are. that's you, walk down the aisle, just stand here. You can dim the lights a little bit. Just walk down the aisle right now. You need Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else need Jesus? It's never too late. You may feel horrible. You may feel you're worthless. You may feel you're no good. Those are not truths. You have value. Christ died for you. You just have to push your way through all those feelings and say, I'm getting out of what the devil does. And I'm going to serve Jesus. A couple more need to come. Just come down here. I feel like there some just need to get back in, make a full commitment. Anyone else tonight? I'll wait just one moment. Seems like there's somebody else. I don't know who you are. Don't hold out. Give in. Give up. Surrender. It's the easiest way. Don't keep living like you. We were never meant, meant to live lives that are defeated. In Christ, we win. In Christ, we're above, not beneath. So who are you? Come right now. Walk down this aisle. Say yes to Christ. One more person. One more person. Yeah. Okay, now that's good. I feel better. <laughs> okay, you that have come, look up, look up. Now, we're not up here to think how bad you are. Uh, we are thinking about how good Jesus is. And the way we come to Christ is we give him our lives and we give him our hearts. And 
this is not about behavior modification, I'm going to do better. Uh, this is not m modifying your behavior externally. This is about giving your heart to Jesus, and you're not following rules. You're following Jesus and his ways, and this is the best thing to do, best thing you've ever done. So tonight, we're going to pray, and you just let Jesus take your life, and then after that, Pastor Dave is here. We have friends for two minutes. We're going to give you a Bible, and you can just see a new life. And I ask those that are watching online, if you need Christ, pray this prayer. And you, maybe it's only a whisper in your living room, but Christ will hear you. I'm going to ask our church family to pray with our friends here and just say, Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you, faith in you. That, you that you took my sins on the cross. I confess and believe, I confess and believe. that God raised Jesus from the dead. And he, is alive. and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. And I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sin. And give me your grace, the gift of righteousness, and eternal life. You prayed that prayer from your heart. You're in the family. Today, go ahead. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Don't forget to bring someone on Sunday. I'll be here. The Holy Spirit will be here. Don't forget your kids. God bless you. Hug somebody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.